Hello and welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast. People tend to think about motivation as something that some people have and others don't. The truth is that we all have the same amount of motivation because motivation plays a role in every decision that we make and every action we take. This means that you already have all the motivation you need to accomplish your goals. The only thing standing in your way is a deeper awareness of how motivation actually works and what truly motivates you. I hope this podcast helps you discover and utilize the motivation you've always had inside you. Now, let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. We're going to be talking about how you can control your perception of yourself. As a reminder, we're in the middle of an extended solo podcast series called It's Up to You. Throughout this series, we're talking about the most important things in life that we can and can't control. Now, perhaps you're wondering, why would you waste time talking about the things you can't control? The truth is that many things in life impact us, even if we can't control them, but if we can choose the right attitude and response to those things, we'll position ourselves for the highest possible level of growth and development. Well, that discussion is coming later. Today, we are still talking about what we can control, and specifically, we're talking about our perception of ourselves. Now, as we get started, here is what makes this topic so important. Right now, I coach around 20 people on a regular basis. I've got clients from a wide range of industries and backgrounds. They even vary in age. I've got some clients who are younger, high school, college age. I've also got clients with children older than me. However, there's one thing that just about all of them have in common, and I imagine it's something that you experience as well. They all struggle with imposter syndrome. There are times when they don't feel like they belong, times when they don't feel like they have what it takes, and that's so encouraging for me because I can relate. Here's the thing, and even if you don't listen to the whole episode, I hope that this lesson right here gives you something valuable to think about. This is true across the human condition. We see deeply inside ourselves, but we only see the surface level of other people. We can look deep inside ourselves. We can see the good. We can see the bad. We can see the ugly. We can see where we are strong and weak. But when it comes to other people, we often only see what's on the surface. This is especially true when it comes to social media. I've heard it said that when it comes to social media, we see others highlight reels, but we know about our own behind the scenes. And that distorts what we see or what we think we see in the lives of other people. I'll give you an example from my own Instagram account. Honestly, I don't post a ton of personal stuff on social media anymore, but if you look at my Instagram feed, here are my last five personal posts. The first one is about an 11 mile run that I went on on New Year's Day. The next one is about the triathlon that I ran in October. After that, I've got five pictures of my two-year-old daughter, Nora, that I posted on National Daughters Day. Before that, I posted three pictures of my wife, Mary, on our anniversary. And then almost a year ago now, I posted six pictures from a trip to Chicago that I took with my dad, brother, and son. So if that's the only glimpse that you had into my life, what would you assume about me? You would probably think that I'm a super fit family man who's always doing cool things like traveling to Chicago or taking his kids to a pumpkin patch. I should clarify that the first picture in that album with Nora, my daughter, was of us at a pumpkin patch. 
And if you assume that I was that super fit family man who's always doing cool things, you would only have a small picture of the total portrait of my life. Because if I'm being honest, although I value my family and I value my personal fitness, there are many times when I don't uphold those values as well as I would like. You just don't see those on social media. I'm not going to post about the time when I blew up at my kids because I wasn't as patient as I should have been or about the time when I ate an entire pizza on my own. That would be terrible content, right? Not only that, but it would also distort the image of myself that I'm trying to put out there. And that sounds more intentional than it really is. I use myself as an example, partially to just poke fun at myself, but also to shed light on this truth that whether we vocalize it or whether we realize it or not, we care about how others perceive us. And we understand that the way people see us or the way that we want them to see us doesn't always match what is true in reality. Here's the good news. I'm about to diagnose this problem for every single one of us. Are you ready? If you're listening on time and a half speed or on two times speed, you might want to slow it down so you don't miss this next part. Here's what all of these feelings of perception or of imposter syndrome tell us about ourselves. They tell us that we're human. That's it. Right now you're probably thinking, well, there has to be more, it can't be that simple, but I'm here to tell you, it is. I've talked with so many people about this concept of imposter syndrome and heard so much resonance around this topic that I basically believe everyone is experiencing it, whether they are willing to admit it or not. Now, to some degree, this is actually healthy. First of all, it shows that you're not overly narcissistic or falsely confident. It also reveals that you care about the work that you're doing. I don't feel like an imposter when it comes to computer programming or my knowledge of rare flowers because I don't claim any influence or authority over those two topics. I would love to have a guy here though, so if anybody's willing to be my computer programming guy or my rare flower guy, send me a DM and we'll make that happen. At the same time, controlling our perception of ourselves requires us to fight against this tendency of imposter syndrome, and that starts with knowing where imposter syndrome comes from. So essentially, imposter syndrome happens when we recognize a gap between our current position or standing and our idealized version of ourselves. We compare ourselves against where we feel like we should be or where we imagine others think that we should be or expect us to be, and we feel inadequate when we don't measure up based on those comparisons. Oftentimes we're comparing ourselves against perfectionism, even though we know deep down that that comparison is not helpful. Perfectionism is not attainable. In reality, chasing perfection is like running on a hamster wheel. It doesn't matter how fast you go, you'll never reach your destination. You might do a cool 360 where you're able to complete a full circle on the wheel and go upside down for a moment, but that's about it. There's no movement or traction there. Other times we feel imposter syndrome because we are comparing ourselves based on what we see in other people. Now, there are a lot of problems with this. I go back to the example from before of social media where we only see certain things about other people, but we see everything, we notice everything about ourselves. This also leads to feelings of inadequacy if we fall short, but it can also lead to an overinflated view of ourselves depending on how the other person is performing. If we are looking at other people who aren't as capable or skilled or gifted in an area where we are, and we're using that to elevate our ego, we are pursuing value or status at someone else's expense. However, there is one situation where comparing ourselves against other people can be helpful, and it's when such a comparison leads to action. 
For example, I have a leadership development company. We're called ClearPath Leadership. We exist to help emerging leaders and growing teams, primarily in the Oklahoma City area, achieve their full potential. Ultimately, I would love for this leadership development company to mirror a company that a mentor of mine has built. So when I compare my company to his, I'm not doing so out of fear that he's better than me or because I feel like an imposter. Instead, I want to learn from what he's done because I know that it will help me with what I'm creating. The last comparison we make is when we compare ourselves against a better idealized version of ourselves. We know what we could be, we know where we want to be, we also know that we're not there yet, and so we draw comparisons based on where we think we should be. Now out of these three examples that I've shared, this is actually the one standard that I believe is quite helpful if we approach it the right way. If you can acknowledge that you're not as strong, smart, or skilled as you could be, you've taken the first step toward improving yourself and making yourself better. You know what work needs to happen and you can begin the process of taking steps forward. However, rather than feeling inadequate because you're not yet where you want to be, you let this fuel your drive and determination to do the hard work of self-improvement. And that's the fork in the road that determines whether this comparison against yourself is helpful or not helpful. If you're using this comparison to beat yourself up, if you're using this comparison to feel like a victim, then it's not actually driving you forward and it's not beneficial. But if this comparison against where you could be is something that informs the work that you are doing to make yourself better, then it's serving a very important goal and it's something that I think you should lean into. So quickly, let me give you three statements that you can use to shift your self-perception and build greater confidence in yourself. Each of these three statements is going to acknowledge the gap between your current position and your perceived standard of where you should be, while also recognizing the work that you're doing to bridge that gap. There's one exception on that last one. We're going to talk about one statement that is not acknowledging what you're doing to bridge the gap, but is acknowledging your lack of control over the gap. But we'll get to that one in a second. All right. So first of the three statements, reminder, these are things that you can say to attack these feelings of imposter syndrome and acknowledge the work that you can do to improve yourself. So really we're hitting on things that we can and can't control as we work through each of these statements. But here's number one. This is something I'm working on. Practice saying that as often as you possibly can. This is something I'm working on. This statement acknowledges that you don't currently have the skills or the capacity that you desire, but that the potential exists for you to build these new competencies. If it's true that nobody is perfect, and I fully believe that, and that's something that we've already covered in this episode, then everyone can benefit from working on themselves. The point that you don't want to get to is the point where you say, that's just the way I am, as though you have no capacity or ability to change. That's when you get locked into that mentality of being a victim or being someone who doesn't care about being the best that they can be. At that point, you've made comfort or security your end goal and not growth and improvement. And that's not a place that we want to end up. So number one, this is something I'm working on. Number two, I don't know, but I'll find out. That one is going to hurt to say because we don't like to acknowledge weakness. We don't like to acknowledge that there's something that we don't know. But again, as you do this, you are bridging that gap between where you are and where you want to be. And you're accepting control over what you can in the situation. 
This seems obvious, but it's worth mentioning anyways. Nobody knows everything, but we all have incredible tools and resources at our disposal. If someone asks you for information that you don't have, be honest about your lack of knowledge, but promise to do what you can to help them regardless. And if all else fails, ChatGPT is an incredible tool, one that I use almost every day that can help you find out a lot of things that you don't know yet. Do not underestimate the ability that you have to gain new information and help people, even if you don't know what to say in that initial moment. The last one here, and this one is unique and I'll explain why. I've been fortunate or depending on how you view the world or how you view spirituality, you can say that you've been blessed. Sometimes we feel imposter syndrome because we don't think that we deserve our success. We think that we've simply been lucky or we stumbled into success that we weren't supposed to ever encounter. But the truth is that we're all impacted by circumstances outside our control, sometimes in a negative way and other times in a constructive or a beneficial way. And when we're able to acknowledge how things have worked out in our favor, even if we couldn't do anything to influence that outcome ourselves, we cultivate gratitude, which has an amazing connection to our overall mood and well-being. So we're almost out of time for today's episode. I want to leave you with two ideas that really inform my view of imposter syndrome and self-confidence and self-perception. The first idea comes from my friend Jordan, and I doubt Jordan even remembers saying this to me, but it made such an impact on me both in the moment and in the months and years that have followed. So Jordan and I were talking one time, and he said that when we walk into a room, it's so easy to assume that everyone is staring at our baggage and noticing our imperfections, but the truth is they can't pay any attention to those things because they are so concerned about their own. Again, we must remember that we see our ourselves, the good, the bad, and the ugly better than anyone else can, but the same thing is also true for each individual person. Just because you don't know what makes someone else feel like an imposter, that doesn't mean that they don't fight those feelings of self-limitation or struggling with self-confidence. And that's not to say that that's where anybody wants to remain or that's where anyone should stay, but hopefully that normalizes this experience that all of us as human beings are having. The other idea that I want to share with you is a paraphrase from a recent Mark Manson podcast. So Mark Manson had an incredible podcast on confidence, and one of the ideas that I took away was this thought that confidence is not a belief that you won't make mistakes, but it's an acceptance that things will be okay even if you do make mistakes. I love this idea because it reminds us that confidence or courage is not the absence of fear or the absence of these feelings of imposter syndrome, but it's the reality that even if we step out of our comfort zone and things don't work out, it's going to be okay. We don't need to let this stop us from moving forward, for taking charge of our future. We don't have to wait until we have it all figured out to do something that matters to us. Instead, we need to be willing to step up to the plate, bring what we currently have at our disposal, and know that we're going to stretch and grow along the way, especially at those times when things don't go as perfectly as we want them to or as we feel like they should. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast episode. It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe to the show if you haven't already done so. Leave us a rating and a review so that we can grow this community and continue to take this helpful content to more and more people. We'll be back next week to talk more about the things that we can control. In the meantime, remember that you already have all the motivation you need to accomplish your goals, and it's up to you to decide what you'll do with it. 
Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Recently, I was feeling overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities I was juggling in my work and personal life. I signed up for BetterHelp and scheduled my first online therapy session. To be honest, I was a little nervous about meeting with a therapist online, but I was matched with a great therapist who offered me a fantastic experience. She helped me tremendously in our first session, and I noticed an instant difference in my mental health. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can also message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever it's convenient for you. If you're matched with a therapist who isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, you also get more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price, especially when you get 10% off your first month by signing up at betterhelp.com MFRP. That's betterhelp.com MFRP. Check it out and sign up today.